what is up up folks it's another high-tech podcast episode we are here we are alive we did it and uh we did it yeah success what did we, what did we do uh, what did we uh, success we got here uh, we, we hit, got here we oh hit that was our success record we hit record go us well it's another special episode or as we like to call it interview episode because that's the only special type of episode we have i was uh, i we, was waiting there i was like what we, it's the only only series external series we've released uh, aside from our regular episodes that's true um and uh, we got another one people still want to talk to us it's weird it's crazy whoop, whoop. um so really excited about this one uh because nobody will want to talk to us after this uh no i always hit um, my mic i have to edit my mic out of things so yeah, often i just fine. slammed my mic everybody's you know you're probably gonna know because i'm gonna have edited the sound but josh laughed yeah, it'll be fine but we brought it to light so now it's hard to edit exactly. it out yeah go us um so anyway uh this interview is exciting and awesome we, we get to interview steve Muth. you got it right yeah. Cool. 100%. Okay, I realized as I was going through it, I was like, I didn't look at the notes close enough. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we interviewed uh, Steve Muth, uh, President and CEO, founder of VoiceThread, uh, a tool that we already did an episode on. And again, uh, disclaimer, spoiler alert, if you did not listen to that episode, stop it. Go listen to it right now. Okay? Go listen to it. And where should and they listen to back. it, Josh? Where do they go to get that? Uh, they can listen to it at hightechpod.us, or, or US, depending on how you pronounce that Because we fancy, URL. also known as Cheap. That was the cheap yes. username. That was URL. the cheap URL. Um, go check that out and check it out uh, and listen to episode. I don't actually remember what the number is, but who cares? Wait, we just released it uh, while we're recording this one, right? 23? Literally today it came out episode 23, yep. Okay, so by the time this episode comes out, it's you have been out for a little while, so you have no excuse. Go listen to that episode about VoiceThread, listen to our breakdown, and then come back, and then you get to hear Steve. You only get to hear it after you've heard about the tool the first time. Josh okay? is the disciplinarian, folks. You know, if you want to hug, I come am. to me, but if you if you need to know where you need to be, he's here to tell you. I'm rough, okay? So, uh, anyway, super awesome episode. I'm really pumped about this. He gave some quite some wisdom uh, in this one, so... With without further ado, I'm not going to talk any longer. Let's uh let's check it out. Our interview with Steve Muth from VoiceThread. Will and Josh here, excited to host this week, president and co-founder of the company VoiceThread, Steve Muth. Steve is with us, uh, representing the company. He does have a co-founder, Ben Papel, who uh, has helped in the process, of course, of not only starting but leading the product. Today, we're going to hear a little bit about what's uh, come behind and how we got to today with the voice thread, but also uh, get some bit of, a little bit of personality behind the product. Steve, are you here with us? Yes, I am. Excited to be awesome. here. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I really appreciate you not taking a nap. I see the hammock in the back. But... <laughs> That's it. Yeah, some people have a treadmill. I have a hammock. <laughs> Ever use it in a meeting? You just show up in the middle of a meeting, like, all right. I have here I normally am. I put it away, um, but sometimes I've forgotten and it's out, and it does usually um, uh, elicit some kind of response from people. Because apparently the world hasn't caught up with me yet. Uh, I don't understand why everyone <laughs> doesn't have a hammock in their office. I think uh, yeah. you have a chair. Why don't you have a hammock? Yeah, people should just be used to you like laying out on the hammock on the in video <laughs> the second it absolutely. You know. He got. I see he's got the AirPods, so he could be. <laughs> he just needs to click start and sit down, and he's yeah, exactly. perfect yep. meeting. 
Yep. Uh, that well, hey, I, I'm a I'm a firm believer in the Pomodoro technique. So if you need those five yeah. minutes between, you know, exactly. ten sessions, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Movement is key. Uh, you got to uh, move, and but moving, you also have to nap. I I think that changes in your physical body throughout the day are really important. You got to get up from your desk, you got to walk around, you got to take naps, you got to just change things, and you'll find when you do that, you tend to sort of get through some difficult problems. Uh, much faster than if you just sit there staring at a screen. Um, you have to yeah. learn to walk away when you're doing that. It's not good. Hey, sometimes we use it just to like cool down from like an argument or whatever, but that yeah. walk, that, that physical step Absolutely. away process is really yeah. helpful. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and sure. I mean, here's that little pedagogical side ramp, but most of our students, mm -hmm. the most they get is between classrooms, which is a big bummer. But yeah, uh, it really is a big bummer. No, I've, uh, I heard about, I'm going to mangle the name. Or forget it altogether, but it was a professor who uh, um, did some research on this by um, giving his lectures while walking outside with people. So he would go for walks with people, um, and he studied it and he compared it to the his standard lectures. And retention was like you know something like forty percent higher. It was something Ooh. crazy. <laughs> it was amazing. Ooh. So uh, not everybody can do it. If you're you know uh, maybe in McGill, that'd be a problem in the winter. But, um, but for a lot of places, you know, uh, I think you could really get away with it. Um, so yeah, well, walk. It sounds like it sounds like there's an innovation in there, like walking thread or something. You know, like, yeah. It sounds like there's an yeah. opportunity to cultivate absolutely. walking lectures. Yeah, absolutely. Walking, walking, walking. The walking school. All right, you heard it here first. That's the name. Exactly. <laughs> uh, is that like band name? We have to call yeah. it or something. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Trademarks now. Um, <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, uh, again, we're just so so happy to have you with you. Thank you for taking the time with us today. Let's let's dig in a little bit on this voice sure. thread idea. So, yeah, uh, what drove you to start the company? And and you were telling us before one year ago, two years, how long ago? Fifteen years ago. Yeah, it's That's crazy. the grandfather of ed tech. It really yeah. is. No, we've seen so many uh, companies come and go. And I don't want to claim to be a business genius because I think there's a lot of luck involved. Um, but the path that we chose early on when everybody was running around uh, telling us, oh, you need to go get venture uh, funding, uh, raise a bunch of money. And um, we were struggling with that for a little bit. And we had to make a decision. It was like a fork in the road. Either you basically spend half the company's energy trying to raise money, or you put that right into the development and create a product that people will actually pay for. Um, and so we went that direction and it was a tough couple of years at the beginning, um, but it's proved to be really kind of wonderful. We survived. And then, you know, after about four years, it, we've just been profitable ever since. It's not explosive growth, right. but it's very reliable. Um, and it's created a pace of growth at the company that's also easy to manage. So, you know, we hire people as we can and we just get a little better every year. And um, it's a really nice, uh, I feel like that story isn't told enough because people act like there's only one way to be in tech uh, and that's yeah. to raise bazillions of dollars and <laughs> play this little game, Kabuki Theater. Um, uh, and I really think it's unfortunate because it distracts founders from the reason why they started in the first place, which sure. was to solve a problem uh, and to build a company around that. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's how we, 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 you know, survived. But as far as like, what was the original idea? 
Well, interestingly enough, it had nothing to do with education. Um, we we really thought it, we were just playing around, um, and we just thought that we might be able to create something like a Flickr uh, where you could uh, a group of people could record the audio stories that are behind shared evocative media. And by evocative media, it doesn't mean good. Um, it means it's evocative to you. And in small groups, people have shared evocative media. It's like something that is meaningful to that group. That's why the, the seed picture that launched it all was a family picture, which is hilariously funny when you look at it, but you don't know what's going on um, mm-hmm. because you're not from that family. So uh, it was my family and I, I shared it with my family members who were, I'd made a little flash uh, application to do this. And uh, they recorded their version of what was going on in the picture. And then we sent that out, that example out to a couple of people and we just asked the simple question, here's the digital artifact. Um, now here it is after the audio stories were added, was value added? Hmm. And the answer from everybody hmm. was absolutely. Um, and so once we got the feedback, we're like, okay, well, that's neat, but what do you do with this? Um, and so we just did a little iterative, you know, further development. We launched like a little alpha uh, site. And then I don't know who discovered us, but basically 95% of our feedback all came from educators. Um, wow. And so we were like, well, what's wow. that about? And people would say things like, I've basically been waiting for 10 years for somebody to make this. I knew it was going to happen. Um, like, this is what they wanted. And, and then, so there was that. And then there was the odd thing of, they all had different use cases. So okay. uh, that was another really odd thing. So like kindergarten narratives, like, so you're in your kindergarten and, you know, you make a little art project on Earth Day. And um, in the past, what was done, it's like, you know, a standard part of kindergarten curriculum. The student will make a piece of art. The teacher then acts as a scribe and writes down a sentence or two about what is going on, what the student says about it. So what a voice thread allowed them to do was basically stop being a middleman uh, and get out of the way of the student. And the student doesn't record, you know, half a sentence. They talk for like minutes because, as, right. you know, young students can, they may not be able to write, but they have no problem talking and telling stories. <laughs> so I'm asking that a was, question. Absolutely. So that was like one use case. And then somebody else is using it um, uh, to lecture on uh, currency trading. What? Like, what is that, what, how there, they could be more different users and they were using it in different ways, but it was the exact same tool, no different. Um, so there's a technology, it's not a technology comparison, but it's sort of a, um, a concept or a tool concept comparison, which is PowerPoint, where it's also a tool where it's used in kindergartens, it's used at, you know, Department of Defense and for currency trading. All of them are using the exact same tool, but they're just doing it in different ways, often very badly, but still <laughs> that same, same idea applies, right? They're, they're, they figure out how best to use it for them. And right. we all like to make fun of PowerPoint, but the original idea is actually a really good one, uh, which is yeah. why it's around, mm-hmm. uh, which is it does help people. Um, it's actually very similar to VoiceThread in that they said, they thought to themselves, there is another way of communicating information uh, and ideas that will be more accessible because it combines visuals um, uh, in interesting new ways. 
and for so for people who are more visual, it's a, it can be a helpful way of uh, explaining a complex idea. So good idea, obviously, like every tool in the world. I mean, fire, you know, uh, does terrible things and does wonderful things. So it's just a tool. It's you know, people can do with it whatever they want. But it's sort of similar. People to uh, take people to the emergency room, and the wheel yeah. can also take people to Burger King. Like, and it caused the reason why people go to the emergency room. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. both are related in my mind. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love the. I love you mentioned that the idea, of the picture though, the first picture kind of thing, and you're like, all right, there's context to this. Like that makes me think of the boxes and boxes and boxes of family photos yep. that have like maybe six or seven names written on yep. the back, maybe the yeah. year. And That's then you have it. nothing. You have nothing else, right? And in that box, there's probably about five that are truly fascinating. You know, there's a fascinating story behind mm-hmm. whatever is going on in there. Mm-hmm. And because of that lack of context that gets captured in an audio story, it's a shame because those the stories are lost to history. Whereas if if they had been captured at a certain point, um, they wouldn't be lost to history. And that was that was the original idea. So it was interesting to us and a big surprise to find all the all the feedback came from educators yeah that's really interesting like the the whole that while it makes total sense as we're talking about it now that that would be kind of the initial idea that inspires some of this stuff that would have not been what i thought uh uh, when i was thinking of it because we're so i mean will and i are so embedded in education that like immediately and specifically for the two of us like online like this blended education it's like immediately like oh yeah this makes sense here yeah. Um, but it, very yeah. much that original idea of just kind of the context of this image describing it. Could you imagine really, if it was like kind of see it in the DNA of your tool? Uh, which could you really imagine cool. if it was like a New York stock traders that were the first folks that got it? Like how, how your product <laughs> yeah. would be different? How different if... we'd be? We'd be over here still, you know, playing with fire. Yeah, and stock <laughs> traders would be releasing we would have great like content. <laughs> we'd have like a hundred customers, and we'd be charging each of them a hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> exactly um now next question kind of throw it out here right so that's kind of what drove you to start it the idea but like talking about if you could how i always package this with people right is like i I hate the the metaphor but it works this like elevator kind of pitch why you're so passionate right like so what makes you now so passionate about what voice thread is doing i think um it's interesting because it dovetails with uh, there's a lot of cultural things that are going on now with uh equity and accessibility um, I didn't perceive of myself as uh, uh, somebody in an accessibility community. Um, it's only with years and decades of hindsight do I look back and go, oh, well, clearly I had a learning disability. I was a terrible student, an absolutely terrible student. However, interestingly enough, I've never had an issue kind of learning anything. I kind of, I've never, not that I, you know, I'm not particularly good at math, but but anything that I set out to do, I was able to do. I've succeeded at everything except for being a student. So <laughs> what is I that? know some of those. Right? And so the question is, um, so what I've discovered is that um, there are people like me, and they may not mm. look like me, but their minds work. They have a cognitive difference that is go- that has gone unrecognized. And um, so what drives me personally is knowing that there are millions and millions of people like me who are out there who want to forget want who need to connect with others to learn collaboratively human to human like listening arguing fighting all of that good stuff that happens in really great like seminar classrooms 
And so if, if I feel that, that that's what's necessary for me, and then you go and take just an honest look at educational experiences today online, it's laughable. There's none of that going on. It's a silent, cold experience um, where, you know, you're, we have replaced <clears throat> voice with text notifications. Uh, it's pathetic. I mean, that's the only honest way to, to look at it. And I think that's my other background in a prior life was an inventor. And that's what you do when you're, when you start looking at something is you come at it with fresh eyes and you just question the fundamentals, hmm. uh, which is very different from somebody. If you grow up, that's why inventors oftentimes come from outside of something because they're, they're not the frog in the hot water. They're the frog outside of the water. And they're like, wait a second. <laughs> Why are you That's, doing that? Yeah, what are you doing here? Um, so there's an opportunity as an outsider who wasn't from academia to look at it and say, mm. this is really broken. It's really broken. So that's what gets me excited is um, the opportunity to fix that, uh, to address those problems. And what gets me doubly excited is finally the academic world and brain research is catching up with all of this. So mm. uh so I am very confident about the future is sort of on our side. Like we have some real tailwinds because uh, this is no longer like my opinion, how I like things. It's becoming <laughs> standard. It started with, and it actually started uh, a while ago. Unfortunately, it hasn't gotten the traction it deserves, but things like the CAST uh, organization with the uh, yep. UDL, the Universal Design for Learning, um, this has been around for a while and yet, to this day, I continue to see the principles violated constantly. And you're like, how is this? This is not new. This isn't like last year's brain science. This is 25 years old, uh, some of the first things. So the, the fact that this continues on and we don't create these really rich learning experiences, learning environments when when we have the tools now to do it, not just voice thread, but it's, it's a mix. There's a whole bunch of things that you can do. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm impatient. Uh, and I feel like, um, you know, we've waited long enough. More importantly, forget we um, students have waited long enough. Uh, and it's really demoralizing. You know, during the pandemic, my kids were at home and I was <clears throat> watching them and do things like go onto a Zoom uh, call with 25 other students and uh, for two hours, listen to each other give live presentations on Zoom. And it was driving me insane. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, It hurts when you know better, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you didn't know better, fine. But I'm like, guys, if you would just make it a voice thread so that the students can practice rather than getting five minutes uh, out of a two-hour class, and because the class is so long, because, of course, you have to include everybody. And, of course, it means that you've got to shorten the time for question and answers. There's no real deep thinking or peer discussion going on. Instead, it's just this rapid fire thing, which makes everybody bored and anxious all at the same time. How is that possible? It's like the <laughs> trifecta of like, wait, everybody's really anxious and they're incredibly bored. Um, whereas all they had to do was make it a voice thread. Break them up into yeah. groups. So it was only five people that you, only five presentations you had to watch. However, what you then had to do was have a conversation with those people afterwards. And suddenly everybody can relax. You, you can do it when you want. There's none of that pressure, that anxiety. 
Um, you can spend much more time, whether you're commenting or creating the damn thing, practicing it. Um, so when you see what's, when you know what's possible, and then you see these practices going on, um, it does drive you a little crazy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's I, all. If I could like have a loud choir behind me and give you an amen in that i would um that's what we still uh, need is a little sound deck for, for yeah, sound effects. Oh, that's yeah. the thing i thought you were gonna missing. say a live choir i agree we do need a live <laughs> choir um, like just behind each of us in the episode every time something great said they come up okay we'll hold that for another idea later yeah and um, in our episodes it would be like yeah so steve's episode would be like yeah. every other minute yeah it'd be every other minute so but no i like steve that's great i like i the uh and for context too like and we give this in our episode for those who are listening uh, will definitely has more of a background with your tool voice thread than i do will's the one who introduced it to me which if i had a dollar for every time i said will introduced me to a tool um we I'd would finally much, buy that soundboard I'd, <laughs> I'd be much richer uh, so um but uh I, the thing i think i was so impressed about with voice thread as i was taking a look at it is just that context you guys make it very easy within the tool of adding in this media and then giving availability to start generating conversation. And then even to your point, like if you want to have those zoom sessions, right? Like voice thread works well to get the conversation going, get uh, groups out, make media and have that more around discourse of the actual uh, presentations, like actually being able to get that valuable discussion instead of five minutes each doing their yeah. presentation and one person getting a question the entire time. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, just know yeah. you're not alone. Will and I talk half of our podcast is just us being annoyed that this stuff isn't happening. Oh, so, oh. oh good. Okay. It's not just me. I was being generous. Um, you know, so uh, I, uh very good though. I'm gonna be a little selfish here uh with, with question three. I'm gonna be honest. With question three, we usually get to asking you about top user stories, anecdotes, and I just I just feel like if you haven't heard them from me before, Steve. Um, and I don't even remember if I had them in the original episode or not, but there's three that really come to mind of my experience using pens, um, using VoiceThread that like, wow, it can do this, right? You've already shared even at the beginning of the episode, the idea of the kindergartners versus, you know, currencies or whatever. Um, during the, the pandemic, I had a Tai Chi instructor turn to using VoiceThread so cool. to have the students perform their, their techniques yeah. and their forms and demo yeah. and yeah. like, wow. Um, yeah. A Spanish instructor who said who who said before that, not that she was like antithetical to online instruction, but she didn't she couldn't visualize right. how Spanish could be taught online. And she actually took one of your free courses on Spanish language instruction, mm -hmm. one of your folks. And I think oh, cool. uh, uh, when I can't remember his name, George? but I've taken a couple. Of yeah, George. He, George he's yeah, he's awesome. Great. You're helping facilitate those and deliver them. Yeah. Uh, but that was a huge success. She went on to like get some grants and stuff and do more courses online as a result of right. that turn. Yeah. Um, and then we had a whole portfolio series of like uh, master's students who were trying to finish up their degree kind of thing that, that kind of step in, in the process. And they had to do this whole kind of like narrated, usually live presentation. But for COVID, they needed something to deliver it to a lot of people. Right. asynchronously and then voice thread ended up being the success point there so i just want to make sure you got those in your toolbox but those are great um, i love all of them and i have already seen versions of all of them right so awesome. for your tai chi class uh, my favorite is i had an online uh, uh dance class which sounds insane and they were studying disco and it was just hilarious um uh because i i would if you said oh we're going to teach dance class online i would have laughed like that eh, it's impossible that's a joke like you can't that you can't do and then uh -huh. you watch it and you go 
<laughs> he totally did. He taught a dance class and all the all the students are in their living rooms, you know, doing their moves. With a uh, lamp and, or a friend or whatever yeah, they got. exactly. And clearly everybody had a really good time. Uh, and they did it without scheduling that Zoom session and uh, getting to practice as often as they wanted. So like their dance wasn't out there until they were ready, right? Until they, it was what they wanted to submit. So a lot less anxiety, um, no scheduling. I mean, yeah. So I have versions of every one that you uh, mentioned. So there are patterns, but one thing I'll point out, and you probably have run into this because you had exposure to the tool over time, is we're always discovering things that were not designed, um, but were like affordances that sort of appear uh, and these benefits that appear after doing something. And I'll just give you one example, which is, you know, some 14 years ago when we first started, people were not very familiar uh, and had a lot of trouble configuring their microphones to record online. Mm -hmm. It was really tricky. Oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot of failures there and we wanted people to catch those failures before they sent it off to somebody because otherwise they would just get this audio comment where there's no audio. So we wanted to prevent that. So we said to ourselves, let's, um, let's play the audio back for you automatically, whether you want to or not. The moment you click stop, we upload it to a service and then we play it back to you to let you know. So if there's no sound, you know, immediately, oh, something went wrong. Let me delete this and figure this out. Um, so that's why it was developed for like to solve the technical problem, but it's created this complete, like a uh, different, um, uh, impact on the learning experience in that, uh, what happened is when you use VoiceThread, you end up hearing your voice a lot. If you make audio comments, you're, you're hearing your voice a lot. And that's very unusual unless you are a podcaster or in media or something like that. We tend to never hear our own voices. And a couple of things are universal when you do hear your voice. You don't like it. No one likes their own voice, right? Um, <laughs> unless you're like the really egotistical celebrity. No, nobody likes their own voice. And in fact, students will say that. They'll write a review of voice and be like, I really I hated that tool because I hated the sound of my own voice. Um, oh. And <laughs> But they'll follow it up with, and because of that, it, I had to record and re-record my comment five times to get it right. And meanwhile, if you're an educator, you're all thinking the same thing. Like, that's exactly what I want you to do. I want yeah. you to record and re-record your voice five times. And so without the teacher having to tell people to do it, the students do it themselves. It's like a positive use of peer pressure. Um, yep. They don't want to come off sounding stupid. And so they end up getting to do something you don't get to do in a live meeting, which is to edit uh, what you said. And so, you know, I joke, VoiceThread, we should put up as one of our taglines, will make you sound much smarter than you really are. Um, <laughs> be because it's not something that you get to do in real life. You know, you just say whatever it is and you make a mistake, that's that's it, it's it's done. But on a VoiceThread, I, I, um, I, I use it every day, probably record, let's just say 10 or 15 comments a day. Half of them I start listening to, and I immediately realize <clears throat> I missed something, wasn't succinct enough, and out of respect for my audience, I'm going to delete that comment and I'm going to re record it. So I don't, I have learned that that's not a failure. In fact, that's an affordance that I should take advantage of out of respect for my audience, and it makes me sound like I actually know what I'm talking about. 
So, <laughs> so that's how many. Yeah, how I bring many it times up because do we ask the students to do that with papers? You know what yeah, I mean? They exactly. won't do it with the paper, but they right. will do it when they hear exactly, themselves. Exactly because of peer pressure. So that's an yeah. example of you know you build something for one reason, but then you realize, oh, this is a really has a really positive impact um, outside of it. So that's another sort of why I think I have the best job on earth because it, it's fun to. Um, discover those things and then try to reverse engineer them and be like, okay, well, what's going on here? Why is this a negative? Is it a positive? And, and, you know, what's, what's going on here? And I think that's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. I I mean, and I've been right right there as well. Yeah. Um, You record yourself and uh, uh, I don't think either Will or I like the way we sound uh, as we have to listen back to each other. I don't know if it turns out. I'm pretty sure when we started this out and he's like, uh, I, I offered a little bit to edit. He's like, yeah, you can edit. He was really yeah. fast to you, say you that. Do, you yeah. can edit. You do the, you do the editing. Um, so we'll have to listen to himself all the time, uh, every time. But oh, to the point, like just the cool environment that you guys have made where you're able to do a lot of this audio and video commenting back and forth and have to work through that and edit that. Um, it fits so well in education, not just in the online space, but in, you know, face-to-face classrooms uh, as yeah. activities. Um, yeah. and I, I think that's just, I keep coming back to this because it was Will who introduced me. Um, yeah. I had to keep having these moments and be like, oh yeah, this would be awesome in this space or this space. Like we could fit this in here. Really cool. Will and I seem to come back to martial arts for some reason, every time we talk about how to use voice thread, <laughs> I don't know why, but um, now on that note of kind of solving these problems and stuff you're, you're working with, we always have to ask this question um, because Will yeah. and I like features. Um, so sure. uh, are there any new or fun features you guys are working on and and we're going to limit ourselves because we made the mistake of not doing this before um yeah. <laughs> and we get a lot of features um so like maybe one or two just ones that you can share kind of things you're working on problems you're trying to solve sure um so um we have big things but i don't think they have their what you have in mind so like a new mobile app that's going to have new assignments and, that's cool you know be nope, much more cool. reliable like so that's stuff that end users like but enterprise users really like um so yeah. there's that There'll be next year uh, an entirely new website. Uh, so it's built from the ground up within a modern framework. So much more mobile friendly. Um, it will be uh, unifying all of our client apps. So we're going to move away from right now. We have a version of VoiceThread that specifically works for screen readers. And instead, <clears throat> we're going to have just one because the new version will work with awesome. screen readers. So that's, that's been a, a, a big you know, goal of ours for a long time. So depending on your group, you know, you may think those are big deals. You may not think they're big deals. But as far as like actual features, probably the biggest one um, is going to be uh, the the ability to include your Zoom state during a comment. So right now, we if you're looking at a voice strategy, you know how you can annotate on them. So we're mm-hmm. we're recording as you talk. We record what you're looking at. If you click and draw on it, we're recluding, we're, you know, capturing all the X and Ys in a stream so that we can recreate those annotations uh, using math on playback. And we also record what it, what slide you're looking at. So you can go from one slide uh, that has a video on it, go to frame 472, draw on it, go to the next slide that also has a video, go to a different keyframe in it, draw on it go then to a PowerPoint slide. You can do all of this in one comment and we record all of that as a single stream that gets played back so that you, when you watch these comments, people often think they're watching a screencast 
because that's wow. what it feels like. But there's no screencasting software or anything like that. So, but the one piece that's been missing is Zoom state. So if you if we capture the Zoom state, it would allow you to open up and zoom in. So say you had an architectural drawing that had you know a lot of real minutiae and detail. It doesn't make sense. You can't talk about those details if you're too far away. You have to zoom in. So we're going to add that to the clickstream. So it'll be even more like a comment is a screencast. It'll feel like that. That's awesome. Really, those are the things that like, am I thinking about that? You know, in, in all my years yeah. handling the product, I haven't had someone ask about that, right? But I can right. now imagine a subset of my users that could have used it more because yeah. that feature yeah. would have supported like, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Just a seamless kind of comment environment that you're creating is really that's, cool. That's, that's like, the idea. Yeah. We wanted somebody, sometimes I describe it as uh, we want our comments to feel like you're sitting behind, you're, you're standing next to somebody watching whatever they do, like with a video camera. And that's what gives you the sense of presence. And, and uh, you know, to wave my science fiction magic wand, in the future, what we would like it to be is really like a hologram in that it's we want to get as much personal presence of that person. Um, if you could hear them breathing, their their chair creaking, the sounds of the birds in the, in the background or a train going by. All of these things are actually really important inputs to helping us feel connected with the people that we're interacting with. So the more of those that we can add into the comment, the we think the better. So we'll always be looking for more things that we can add. And that's awesome. Cause I think that's the thing, like I've commented on in our episode when we talked about this, like the, some of the stuff that VoiceThread does and even to like what you're doing there. Um, like, so I'm at an institution that does not have VoiceThread um, and I'm going to use this as a plug to, to get it. Uh, no, for the institution. No. Hashtag um, not a sponsor. Hashtag not a sponsor. And uh, if my institution's <laughs> listening, uh, we should get it. Um, so, but uh, just the seamlessness of that working. Cause I've worked with faculty members and instructors um, who trying to do stuff like that in the tools that we have, they have to use like four different things to make that happen. And for them, exactly. it's overwhelming to even yep. think about the concept of creating something like that. And then for the yep. student, it's a disjointed experience because they, they don't really know how to do all those things. So like it, it ends yep. up being kind of a little bit of a haphazard solution. And what you're talking about right there is just the seamlessness of how you bring all those media together and allow for people to kind of move around them and comment on and them. As an instructional, such an easier experience for that interaction to happen. As an instructional yeah. designer, it changes the prompt and the assignment from yeah. here are these 16 steps to complete the project to use right. VoiceThread. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. I don't okay. have to. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple there's steps guidance, of VoiceThread. For sure. I mean, but yeah, you don't have to insert all the stuff that we do, which is all this absurd guidance for click here, yeah. here, 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 here. And then if this yeah. doesn't work, do this. Like yeah. what it's you guys are doing is creating that environment. Yeah, it's unfortunate that too much enterprise software is bought off of uh, like a checklist, right? Uh, uh, mm. You know, must have this, 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 and that. And they, um, I've never seen, and they really should have on the checklist a value for: does the technology disappear? Um, because mm. it's it's what you don't see. Like if you if you we have gotten the feedback from people because we were worried. We're like, we see some people are using it in the institution, but they haven't taken us up on training. And when we contact them, they're like, well, they really, we don't need any training. We got it. <laughs> like, <and laughs> that's, that's the idea that like, that is the goal you want to get to where, um, you know, if I had to pick a sort of a conceptual, like hall of fame tool, it's the number two pencil. 
Um, mm. Because when it sits there on a desk, there's no sort of cognitive tension around like you're like, well, how the hell am I going to use this thing? No, you learned how to use that when you were in kindergarten. And now you use it differently today. And you know much more things that you can do with it. But the tool is identical, right? And so there's a huge benefit in having that one tool instead of the five. And making sure that also this is a really important point is change management uh, at, at a company. When they change the product, there has to be such respect for the end user because while we all were all sort of techie people, so we, we love the idea of new features and, and change, but I, even us techie people feel the same way. Please don't change my UI gratuitously. I have invested so much <laughs> in learning that the back button is over here and you know you record here. So um, I, I see this happen at other companies where they will you know, hire a designer and they're just, they're just like, well, I've got to change everything. So they change everything. But if you really look closely, like it kind of does the same thing. You just made me you know, lose my entire investment in learning that, that tool. So it's really important that you, when you, you, you can see this in companies over time. Do they, res- do they have a deep respect for the user? Because if they do, they won't do that to them. Because you, you shouldn't do that. That's an empathy thing. Like, understand, like, um, I know you want to show off. That's nice. But um, there's this end user. They have invested a lot in learning and getting really comfortable so that the technology can, in fact, disappear. And then you go along, come along, and you completely change how it works for very little benefit. And and. Meanwhile, it's a huge cost to do all that relearning. So, um, well, that just reminds me a, a little bit of I, I might be botching this, but to the extent of like what it took them to make a pen work in space <laughs> when they really could yeah. have just used a pencil. pencil. And I, I think they did. Yeah. I think that was yeah. the end solution. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, that's what I, yeah. that's what I imagine. It's like, yeah. Right. yeah, let's make a pencil or a pen work in anti-gravity. Well, that's it in a nutshell. It's maybe a you nutshell. could just use the pen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, this yeah. has been fantastic. Thank you so yeah, much, exactly. Steve. Well, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time with us. Um, this interview, of course, we want folks to go back to and, and hear our entire episode on VoiceThread, but we really do encourage folks to, of course, reach out on Twitter, reach out through, you know, the communications on the website, but also uh, even just reach out to myself or, or Josh. Like we, we're all willing to speak to what this tool can do and how it might meet uh, your use case. In the meantime, we're going to kick this off in just a second. Josh and I are going to do a little debrief. And otherwise, thank you so much again, uh, Steve, yeah, for being with man. us. Oh, guys, it was a real pleasure. Evocative media. He said that several times. Equity, accessibility. Steve really took us deep that way, didn't he? Like, it was just a lot of... He likes... Wow. He likes the deep words, man. He likes the, you know... It was... He, he takes it to a different level. We weren't talking about ice cream and, and cotton candy. Like, we got into some references there about, you know... The cast system with with universal design for learning. Um, it was really interesting to hear Steve's thoughts on you know, some of the kindergarten, you know, impact and how voice threads being used there. Like, I really, really appreciate kind of the different experiences we got to hear from Steve there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to hear like how the tool started, um, where it like came out of, which was just that, like you said, the the evocative media concept, right. like this idea of just like very much like a classic like how do you describe stories and like how do you you know give context to image and to video um 
in like this thread in a way that we like we talk i think that, that's interesting it's like the it's based off of this concept right that like there's a certain experience we have and we talk with people hmm. or we see people describe things yep um that we lose when it's just like a powerpoint slide on zoom and they talk about it like yeah. where you can't have this back and forth in the same way well, and, and it's hard to do that in an online realm, so that's why VoiceThread is helpful. Yeah. Um, that they give you kind of this this continuous place to take advantage of the time that you have to be able to come in and converse or comment on things and do stuff. It's Yeah, it's just really interesting. It's, it's a cool concept that's kind of led to this evolution of a very helpful tool that handles media and presentation content and interactions with that differently uh, in the digital space. I find it really interesting that this kind of came up, you know, from a family picture thing. You know, like he's saying, we built yeah. one, I put a family picture in, I wanted people to, but, but the experience he was trying to cultivate out of it, like, it's not, to, that's, that's not what I necessarily do with family pictures. Like, maybe when we got married, we had our, our wedding pictures, we showed a lot of people the wedding pictures, right? But, like, I can't tell you besides then, you know, uh, seven years ago, that I've, like, pulled some pictures out and, like, hey, dude. Let's yeah. talk about these pictures. But if I go to a museum... What do you mean? I do that all the time. Oh, my bad. Yep. You don't do it with me. Yeah. Aren't we friends? Well, no. Well, we do it sometimes. You just... You don't I just don't... It's, well, that's... Know, that yeah, that's, that sometimes. checks out. I don't yeah, remember. Because I have so many... I have so many family so photos. So many family photos. So, like, when you go to a museum, though, what, what that really makes me think of is, like, when I... I, I enjoy museums. I'm, I enjoy art, you know, statues, etc. So you sit there and you talk about it or you you ask questions like, what happened to that statue or where did it come from or who... Those are the things Steve wanted VoiceThread to capture, and he started it with a family photo. Now, now we see it happening in so many different, you know, subject matters and, and specialties and things like that. That he did it. I, I, it's, it's just really encouraging to me. Like he had that basic idea, um, wanted to cultivate that conversation, and it's really, it's really working. I love it. Yeah, the the byproduct of its effects on education that you can't anticipate in the beginning is like okay. The application is while you're talking about how do you take that family photo and you get that experience and have this evocative media idea where you can you know describe it, have conversations around it in different ways leads to, oh, well, in education, there's how many times do we have to show or teach something or walk through something that's so much easier to do in person, but we've struggled to find ways to do it in a digital environment. He's creating a tool that you can now... <laughs> pull all of these things together and create this yeah. piece like the side effects that he didn't even anticipate because yeah. even the stuff like we talked about in our episode of how to use voice thread is clearly like not the first thing on his mind when he was designing voice thread like the stuff we're talking about where integrating slides into steps and walking through and showing stuff like katas and improvement like none of that was in in the base so it was just really interesting to see how like that's evolved for him and I think, uh, like, he's just his perspective of how something like this can provide a better experience, when, especially when it comes to this concept of what we do with education online or in a digital space. Um, and I'm glad he shot uh, or fired or shots were fired at the uh, the Zoom uh, experience that his kids had. Uh, <laughs> I was because, just thinking that. <laughs> like, because, like, could you like, imagine how many. Yeah, like, it's, how many stories have we heard like this? And then I hear people go like, well, you know, online education doesn't work. And it's like, well, no, you're right. The weird haphazard crap that they called online education in this period didn't work. But people like Steve and other tools and spaces out there are giving tools to people to be able to do things that are way different. Um, yeah. And actually can create new experiences and actually have just as valuable learning experiences in a digital space. 
Yeah, the the only other thing that really stood out to me that that I I loved and I've I've seen it in action was that Steve brought up accessibility. Steve brought up equity, um, and as an end user who has had to you know kind of check the boxes and make sure it's accessible, go through the VPAT, that kind of stuff um, for adopting the EdTech. I don't remember the URL, but they have like a web site, web version of the platform that only promotes accessible content. So like if you go to, it's like udl.voicethread.com or something. I can't recall exactly, so don't, but it's, it's really simple like that, right? And it brings up a whole different platform that a screen reader could read right yeah. you can't it's not it's never going to read a picture unless you have alt text it's never you know there's things that it's there's always a limitation yeah, with that obviously. but there's still going to always be limitations the, if josh and i have both seen the platform if you ever get in there and you see it you're going to know like immediately there's a lot of visual content it's intended to be visual right but steve and the team have had that in their mind for quite some time that they need to also reach all students and you know there's some honesty there. It's great. You, you can't fix it today or tomorrow, but that, that they've got it on the track record or on their, on their planning to make sure that it is as accessible and equitable as possible. Big old, you know, two thumbs up for me. Like I, I just, I just really appreciate hearing that from the leadership and having seen some of the things they've already accomplished in that space is really cool. Yeah, exactly. And I think that and I'm hoping cause, uh, he mentions in the interview and when we were talking to him that, um, like they're working on this new interface that's going to bring together some of what they've been doing in those areas of accessibility right. with their current right. ones. So I'm hoping they kind of bring those two things together um, because the more we can get closer to the actual interface, just in general being more accessible, yep. uh, the better off we are. So I'm glad they, they're acknowledging those places where they're trying to work on it and they're doing it. Um, and uh, again, you do it as much as you can because at the same time, like we've, we've joked about this in many episodes, um, when you're doing video content, there's only like so much we can do to make it as accessible to everyone as possible. It's the natural medium of video. There's always going to be things that you struggle with or have to work with, but I like how they're creatively finding like the story he's talking about, about people signing and stuff like that. Um, in the tool, like they're finding creative ways to like use voice thread in different so cool. ways for people who can't find it anywhere else. So, yeah. um, yeah, hats off to another great tool um another great person from the team and i think like what just if anybody's listening like for me what reinforces this is just like everybody we've talked to about this from voice thread to other interviews we've done like the people who are running these tools do genuinely care about how these are being used in education and steve is clearly passionate about um good learning experiences and other people and his kids not having to experience the crap that they've seen in zoom sessions or <laughs> areas like that so um for anybody looking at VoiceThread, like they, they genuinely have a real purpose behind wanting to make education better. Um, and so any type of tools like that, like I, we want to support it as much as possible because yep. they're trying yep. to get better experiences for students. That's a wrap, folks. Interview five in the books on VoiceThread with Steve Muth. We really appreciate him taking the time. Thank you again, Steve. Uh, please do head to our website. Make sure you check out the interview resources. Go check out the old episodes. Share it with friends. Share it with folks because we want to make sure that these tools are out there and being used by our educators. Um, if you would, hit us up on Twitter. Connect with us there. Ask us any questions that you'd like to hear in the regular episodes, but also make sure you how follow do they, uh, the other folks. How do they find us? Uh, how I, do they find I, us, I Will? Think what's, they, our, what's our thing? It's, it's, it's twitter.com slash podcast. Yeah. We're at High Tech Podcast. Right, that's the thing. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, our, that's our thing. 
You can also search us on Google, Apple, Spotify. Please follow, subscribe, and all the good things. All right. Until next time, see ya. See ya.